So I talked to you probably, I guess it's been maybe a couple of years ago, last time I spoke with you about uh, Year of the Tiger was coming out at that point. Yeah. Um, great great a lot of, Yeah, it's awesome, man. And um, a lot of stuff happened since then. Of course, the new album, War Paint, which is awesome. It's a really great album. Um, Thank you. Wanted to, I was just thinking, you know, today, the debut album for Buck Cherry, that was like 20 years ago now since that was released. Yeah, um, 20 years. Does it... Does it seem like it's been that long to you, or has it just kind of been one wild, fast ride through everything? You know what? I, I, I'm always looking ahead, you know. I don't really look back that often. So, um, yeah, you know, it starts to fly by with the touring and, the, and you know, got my, my kids are growing fast. And so all of it is uh, – I don't really think about it because I'm so busy until I had to kind of, uh, you know, sit back and – and look at the whole career because it was 20 years and it was something uh, that was going to be discussed, you know, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm really grateful. Um, you know, when I was dreaming about this as a young me, you know, um, I always wanted to be in one band and have a catalog of music and really make my mark. And that's what I've accomplished so far. And I'm, I'm proud of it. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, you guys have got a great discography. Um, the new album is just off the hook, and, and you're obviously doing something right because the reviews for that album are, I mean, everything I've read has been very positive um, for, for Wolfgang. Thank you. Um, so, you know, that seems like um, maybe uh, sort of a return to form for kind of like the earlier sounds maybe uh, the, the early root sound of Buck Cherry. Was that on purpose, or did that just sort of happen naturally when you guys were writing this album? I think some of, so some of the songs have that flavor, like the actual track, War Paint, and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe like songs like Closer and The Devil and the Details, stuff like that. But, like, you know, The Vacuum and Right Now and, you know, those songs are a little more modern sounding and, and The Alarm, you know, so... I mean, the point that we like, you know, we really worked hard on the songwriting. We wrote about 30 songs for an 11 song record. You know, we were very thorough and we knew we had to come, we knew we had to come with a really good, good uh, body of work. And not like we don't think about that every, every time we go to the, you know, to start writing songs, but it had been a while since the last Buck Cherry record. So it was important. So what happens to that extra material? Was it? just not up to the quality you would want on this album or maybe just didn't all fit cohesively? Like, will that stuff get released at some point maybe as an AP? You know, I get, I get that question. I get that question all the time. <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, usually the songs that don't make a record, they don't make it for a reason, you know, and they're just not, they're just not good enough for, for the, uh, you know, the, there's always songs that just keep hanging around and hanging around as far as the good ones. And they're the ones that make the record, you know, and the ones that don't, they just they just kind of fade off into oblivion, you know. Um, for us, sometimes, on rare occasions, we'll take, like, a good verse or a good chorus from a song that we just thought was really good and could be better, and we'll kind of revamp it and make it better. But rarely does that happen. We just, you know, I like to just start fresh because I'm growing so much as an artist and an individual, and so... You know, by the time I get down to writing songs, I, I want to, you know, I just want to start from nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. So tell me about the current tour for, for the Warpaint album. You guys are out on the road right now. 
Um, we're going to be on site um, with our photographer in Tempe, Arizona, coming up. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so we'll see you guys there. Um, so we're going to do a, a featured article and review there. But tell me about this tour. How, how's everything going along with this current tour? Yeah, the tour is going great. We have we have a little break at home. We've had for, uh, like two weeks, and it's been amazing. Well, well needed because we were out since January, and we had been to, you know, we'd been to the UK and Canada and the states, and put in over a hundred shows, and so you know we were pretty crispy, you know. But the but the great news is that. Um, it's really the best Buck Cherry lineup that we've ever had. Like the the most talented musicians that have ever been in Buck Cherry, and the live show is amazing. And uh, because we put in so many shows, you know, it's just mm-hmm. the fine oiled machine at this point. And um, we really had a lot of fun. And, and playing these new songs live has been great. So the so the chemistry with this lineup's really good. Yeah, and uh, we we've, we've known these guys. We just added two more, two two new guys, uh, Kevin Rankin on the guitar and uh, Francis Ruiz on the drums. And uh-huh. the funny part is, uh, we all knew each other when we were really young uh, and playing in other bands in uh, L.A. when we were, you know, back in the day. So to come all this way and and be in a band together, and just it's just uh, we just ha- are having so much fun and it's effortless and. And everybody is enjoying themselves, and, and that's that's what's most important. So there's a, a there's a Bon Jovi song, you know, where he, I think it's "Wanted Dead or Alive," where he says, you know, I've seen a million faces and I've rocked them all. How many right. bands do you th- think you have performed for over the course of the last twenty years? Just just at a guess. I have definitely seen over a million faces. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I you know, feel great to know that you've at least that you performed for a million people on the phone. You know, I don't know how many. I, I don't know how many shows Buck Cherry has done in our career so far, but mm-hmm. we've definitely got to be up there with the five percentile of mm-hmm. bands, rock bands that have toured because we have averaged over two hundred shows for a long, long time per year. Uh, yeah. And, you know, 20, 20 years, I don't know what that adds up to, but it, it's a lot. And I know I know Metallica did a lot back in the day, but I'm sure we're up there with all the greats <laughs> as far as uh, a lot of touring. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, so we, you know, that being said, we've seen a lot of faces and, and, uh, and it's been, it's been amazing. You know, we got to play with our heroes and, and travel the world like a few times over and uh you know we're still going so when you're out on the road i I know there's got to be there's a lot of temptations when you're out on the road when you're on tour like that especially for a long time i mean not just like groupies and stuff either but you know you guys i'm sure offered an endless supply party favors and you name it how do you guys stay focused (laughs) sober how do you stay focused and sober out on the road uh, with all that, all those temptations around you constantly, or do you? <laughs> uh, you know, that's a great question, and um, I've, you know, I've been sober my whole professional career, and um, really, yeah, uh, I had about almost two years of sobriety when I went out on my first Buck Cherry tour. So, um, 
you know, I've been dealing with it a long time, and part of it is, uh, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, you got to put your sobriety and your recovery first. It's really important, you know, and and sometimes we do it gracefully, and sometimes we don't. You know, it's, it's I haven't always done it gracefully for sure, and I, I think that goes for some of the other guys as well. But that's their own thing, and um, but yeah, you know. Uh, you got to put in the work, and I got to tell you, you know, when, I don't know if you've if you've struggled with drugs, drug and alcohol addiction, but like when when you're sober and you see people that are really fucked up, and we see them every night, it's yeah. really not it's really not attractive, you know. And sure, <laughs> um, you know, you know what I mean. So it makes it a lot easier to kind of stay away from it because you see how people act when they're under the influence, and you're like, wow, you know, and. <laughs> It's always fun when you're under the influence, but when you're not, it's it's it, there's so many glaring issues, you know. And um, sure, all I can say is it, it worked for me for a long time, and then it stopped working, and it became very dark, you know. And that's why I had to stop. But that being said, we don't preach. We love hosting the party, and I love reminiscing about those days because they were a lot of fun for me. I had a lot of fun partying for a long time, and then it just stopped working. So a lot of stuff has changed, obviously, too, with your career and personally. I mean, you got you're married, you have kids, you have a family. Do they ever come out on yep. the road and meet up with you um, when you're? They on do, tour? yeah, they do. Um, they came out to Memphis, and uh, we we played uh, this venue that's at Graceland now, and we were one of the the first bands to play that place. Uh, us and oh, Rick cool. Springfield did it one night, and so I had my kids and my wife out. Uh, during that time and you know whenever we can make it work where it's uh, a place where I'm going to be for more than just a night you know yeah Very that's cool. the challenging part so tell me a little bit about these bands that you've had opening for you because I sort of feel like you know you guys uh, went out on the road in the early stage and I'm sure you know you had bands that you guys kind of uh, looked up to you know the Aerosmith the Guns N' Roses people like that now you guys have kind of achieve that level of fame to to a certain degree yourself so you're kind of the the guy that these up-and-coming bands are, are looking at um so tell me about some of these bands you've had opening for you do you see like any possibility uh for superstardom for any of these guys that are opening up for you i mean you just never know right you just never know what's you know it, it, it's all about the right song at the right time and and sure. the right the right chemistry of guys and there's a lot that's got to kind of align. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to like keep putting a, a, a dark cloud over the state of rock right now, but it's, it's, uh, it's just, I don't know, you know, um, I've really tried to get into new rock and every, you know, every now and again, somebody will say, Oh, there's this new band and they sound like Aerosmith or, Oh, there's this new band and they sound like, you know, some old rock band and I'll go check it out. And I, you know, I want like to hear some big song and I want to see some big like persona in the video and none of that is going on. And so that's the only thing I struggle with. I think there's a lack of like melody in rock music (laughs) these days. You know, Um, you put on like an active rock stick, you put on like an active rock station and it's like one continual sound for like 45 minutes and there's no (laughs) dynamic, there's no dynamics between band to band. And it's like, I, I was thinking about 
the state of rock and I'm like, you know what? We haven't had like real rock stars, like rock singers, like big rock singers since the whole decade of the 90s. Because yeah. in, the, in the 2000s, it's been like nothing. It's been faceless and nothing, you know? And not to, not to say that there hasn't been uh, good bands that have dropped good records and all that stuff, but I'm talking about like in the 90s, you had Lane Staley and Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder and, you know, sure. and, and uh, what's the guy in Nirvana? Kurt Cobain and, you know... You had Zach De La Roca and, and uh, Rage Against the Machine and all these incredible frontmen, and then and now it's just gone, you know. And so I think there's a lot of things that are contributing to that. I think that now at big rock shows, they're all a lot of these headlining big rock acts. They're all playing the tracks, right? So their whole shows are cut up on a grid and there's no spontaneity and they got they got perfectly tuned vocals coming through the PA and pre-recorded instruments and there's a lot of pre-recorded stuff and and so that takes a lot of the spontaneity out of it for like to see like real uh you know for frontmen to kind of come up there and and be charismatic there's absolutely no uh spontaneity there's no showmanship and it, it's really you know, when I was uh, starting out, it was it's really those shows where you're not 100%. That's where you find, like, a lot of magic. And when you're relying on – when you can just lean on a track that's perfectly in tune and you don't have to worry about, like, oh, I'm sick tonight, but it doesn't matter. I got these perfectly in tune vocals coming through the PA, and they can just turn those a little louder, and I can limp yeah. through this. It, it just – I don't think I don't think uh, the uh, the average rock fan understands like the disservice that is going on in rock, where they're coming to shows and they're basically hearing a band's CD playing through the PA, and that's their live show. You know what I mean? I agree. I, I agree. I've, I've made that comment several times that, and you just mentioned it with with active rock radio, but it's really like a cookie cutter formula that started um, maybe in the early 2000s or mid 2000s. And it was yep. in, their, in their minds the last thing that the studios did that seemed to be popular, and so it's just continued to crank one band after another after another. That literally you can't tell apart. They they sound like the exact same band, exact same songs. Um, exactly. So, yeah, I I've been to a lot of concerts, but I can I got to tell you, like with the new artists that I've seen, I don't see a lot of showmanship, and that's what you're talking about. I think in in this conversation is that you don't see a lot of people really performing, you know, like kiss puts on a show. I mean, you know, uh, Aerosmith puts on a show, Rolling Stones, you know, yep. all these guys over the years, yep. they know how to give you that, whether it's theatrical or, or whether it's just, you know, pouring a little bit of the, you know, out of sync in there and just going for it, you know, and just ripping through it with their personality. And you don't, you don't see that much. Um, and, and I think it's unfortunate. Um, and, and it's interesting that my next question for you actually was going to be, what do you think is wrong with the rock music industry? And, and what do you think is going right? Because uh, last time I talked to you, we talked about the cycle of albums. Uh, you know, we talked, you indicated that, you know, generally for bands now, there's not much money in albums. Uh, you know, it's getting out right. of the tour, hitting the road, selling the tickets and selling the merch. And I assume that's still the case. Um, I mean, you know, you know what's wrong with rock music? It's not reckless and it's not dangerous anymore. And, you know, it's, 
It's just not. It's it's really it's like G-rated, muddy muddied down, and no rock stars. And so that's why it's it's not on any major award shows. There's there's no there's no uh, not a lot of love given to it in the you know in in the press or anything you know. And and I hate to say this, but hip hop is like is where it's at as far as as far as people taking a lot of risks. Uh, mm-hmm. you you know what I mean, and dangerous yeah. stuff, and you know what I mean. That's that's where I go to listen to new music because it it intimidates me, and I like that, you know. And rock <laughs> used to intimidate me, and it just doesn't. Yeah, I've actually heard you make that statement before about the hip hop bands. Um, and and, yeah. and I'm not a huge hip hop fan myself. My my kids love it. Um, and there definitely is enthusiasm. I've been to a few concerts with them. The whole crowd is jumping up and down in unison and sync. I mean, they have everybody stirred up. There's mosh pits and stuff, just like you would expect. But, but I, I mean, I mean, it's it's more than just the hip hop. It, it's what yeah. they're doing. These sure. these hip hop artists, a lot of them, are creating these empires without record labels. So that to me sure. is like gangster. That's gangster. <laughs> that like goes back to like that goes back to like NWA and like. That goes sure. back to all the the independent bands that I grew up with. So when you don't have record labels involved or anybody dictating what you say or what you do, you create this movement and it becomes it becomes dangerous because nobody's got control over you. And I love that, you know. And and uh, I mean, look at Chance the Rapper. He he got three Grammys sure. without a record label. He sold out, you know, the Hollywood Bowl without you know a record label. And it's like that's like really powerful and. When you listen to certain hip hop artists, they have their own language, some of mm-hmm. their, their their own words that words that I've never heard that just are cool and and the way they're putting hooks together and so there's a lot more to it than just like oh you know it's it's what's popular with kids these days but it's it's like it's very clever there's there's a lot of there's a lot of work put into it and that's why I like it so much. So who do you like? I mean, obviously you mentioned Chance the Rapper. Who else do you like in, in the, the hip-hop world? Who do you find I mean, I like Drake. I like Drake and Travis Scott. I love I love Cardi B because I feel like she's, like, the real deal. You know, she came from, you know, she was a, she was a stripper struggling, came from, you know, uh, humble beginnings, and, and, I, and I can feel it in her music and, the, and when she talks and... And then when she uh, does her art, she's uh, pretty. Um, she's pretty. Uh, you know, there, there's there's no there's no filter, and I like that. Yeah. You know, because that's in, that's interesting to me, and and it sets her apart from other female artists. And you know, same 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 thing with like Post Malone. That was like the first dude that I kind of like recognized that had his face all tattooed, and and I was just like, wow, this dude is like crazy you know and then and then every song he came with was amazing this guy's got hit after hit after hit and and you know he's just cool and and he's putting together like these really cool productions on stage and all that kind of stuff so you know i like him a lot i like jake of course travis scott is really cool you know we always we always uh our walk on music is always a hip hop artist and we've been walking on to sicko mode for a while so you know we love him and uh so just to name a few those are some of the ones cool 
Post Malone just dropped a new track with Ozzy. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. I haven't, no. And, you know, he was, uh, I think he started out as a guitar player, right, before? I think so. He plays guitar. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really cool. It's kind of a nice vibe to it. In a way, part of it kind of reminds me of the duet he did with Lita Ford back in the 80s. Um, but, you know, it's a little more modern, obviously, and it's uh, – but it's, it's cool, you know, and it was cool to hear Ozzy. He's, he's definitely in the mix. You know, it's not like he's just an afterthought and kind of thrown in there. So so that's something cool, you know, to check out if you're if you're into that sort of thing. So with, the, definitely. with you being inspired by these hip-hop artists, you're just telling me about how, you know, they're taking more risks. They're, they're dangerous and – not being led around by the record labels, which I agree you have that freedom. Um, do you ever feel a little bit uh, trapped by the Buck Cherry, um, you know, uh, name? Do you ever feel like you, you, you can't really, I mean, you kind of have a sound that people expect from Buck Cherry. And I know you yeah. do side projects. And probably that's probably why you're probably going to tell me that's why you do the side projects. But but do you ever feel like you know, you'd like to just cut loose, try some different things, but maybe it doesn't fit in that buck cherry mold? Um, I do that. You know, I, I collaborate with uh, different artists, rock artists. And, you know, I, I did a hip hop feature on a guy called his name was Daytona, Daytona Mac. Um, he's uh, more of an unknown hip-hop artist, and that was a lot of fun for me, and I, I want more opportunities like that. You know, back in the day, after right before the Time Bomb record, I collaborated with Muggs from Cypress Hill. He did a solo record. I got two songs on his record. You know, so I like approaching songwriting in all different genres, you know, and that's a lot of fun for me, so I do that as much as I can. Um, that being said, you know, I started Buck Cherry from nothing, you know, so I'm very passionate about Buck Cherry. I write all the lyrics and all the melodies to Buck Cherry music, so uh, it's very personal for me. So when I go out there to perform it, um, you know, I don't get tired of it, you know. Um, but sure, do I get tired of writing rock songs every time I come home? I do. That's why I... Um, challenge myself and get outside of my genre and write with other people or I'll just write a song to like an electronic beat at home just just to inspire myself I don't have to necessarily be waiting for somebody you know mm -hmm. and probably that makes you a better artist overall when you come back to do the Buck Cherry stuff because not only did you kind of get, that out of your, get that out of your system a little bit to do something different but you know it, it probably just expands your field of knowledge about you know, music in general and different things by doing other things. Even if you do have kind of a Buck Cherry sound, you know, that you sort of maintain, I mean, I'm sure it probably adds to everything you do. Um, everything everything about, enhances everything else. Yeah, for sure. You, you were talking about Post Malone with the face tats and all. You've got a hell of a lot of tats. You're like the illustrated man. Um, tell, <laughs> tell me a little bit about the your choice of tats. I mean, is there a story to tell there in, in your art? Or is it just sort of been random? I think it's more about your relationship with the artist. And I've been, the majority of my body has been tattooed by this guy named Kevin Quinn, who tattoos out of this place called uh, Tattoo Deluxe and, uh, and, and uh, off Van Nuys Boulevard here in California, uh, yeah. Los Angeles area. And he's, uh, I've spent hours and hours and hours under the gun with him. And he's a lovely guy. And um, I always loved his flow. And, you know, so we, we talk about everything before we do it, of course. And 
and um, he has gotten to know me over the years, so he really understands what I love, the type of artwork that I love. I love big and bold pieces. I love Japanese art. I love uh, traditional Americana art. And so he puts together stuff for me, and, and then we just kind of beat it into shape. Gotcha. So um, how much of your body would you say is tattooed at this point, percentage-wise? I would say 80%. Wow. And yeah. is there any place you won't go? Like, would yeah, you I'm not gonna like tat? tattoo in my. I'm not. I'm not gonna tattoo in my butt cheeks, or I'm too old to get like a face tattoo. I, I would look like I was chasing something. <laughs> I think you know. Uh, no, I'm not gonna get a face tattoo or anything. But uh, I'm not gonna de- tattoo my butt cheeks or, um, or my genitals or anything like that. I might, you know, I'm gonna get my legs done at some point. I'm, I might wait till my kids are older and if they want you know if they ever want to get that tattooed i'll go in and get tattooed with them that would be really uh fun for me you know <laughs> and nikki six has uh hot rod flames uh on his penis supposedly and he said he did that just oh, yeah? so when he dies the guys at the morgue can have a laugh uh, <laughs> i love it i don't know if, i don't know <laughs> actually true but i would not be surprised <laughs> yeah yeah i wouldn't either so tell me a little bit about uh, streaming music. I mean, we, we've all gotten used to it as far as being convenient for us. Um, is that getting any better for you as an artist, or is it still pretty much just pennies uh, for for the bands? Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but uh, that's what it's all about now, streaming. I think it's changing a little bit, though. Um mm-hmm everybody's kind of working on it to get to get get together and change that and that's been happening over time it has changed a little bit um so we'll see uh it's weird you know because in the rock genre you know like platinum and gold records are kind of a thing of the past you know which is bizarre now they're judging it on like streaming how many streams depend on like platinum status or whatever i don't know but uh it's weird, but you just and I'm not even sure it, what know? the criteria is at this point for gold or or platinum as far as, as streaming goes. Um, I have no idea. Do you feel like you reach maybe a larger audience this way though? That people because they have an unlimited streaming plan that they can try out new bands, they try new things. You think people maybe uh, listen to Buck Cherry that might not would have otherwise and find you as an artist that they enjoy. Possibly, but there's so much information that people are getting, it's really hard to get eyes and ears on you, you know what I mean? Um, I'm just grateful that, you know, we kind of established ourselves when we could, when it was more of a controlled marketplace, because I know bands that are in the top five with radio hits on Active Rock Radio, and they've sold in a week period 100 units, which is which is wow. crazy bad, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's totally bizarre. I mean, that I don't know the whole market and calculating that. I mean, it's just so bizarre these days, uh, you know. And, and the market is glutted with a lot of fakers, and we kind of touched yeah. on that, I think, with the active rock radio. And that's why you know I'm I'm always glad to get a chance to support bands like Buck Cherry, uh, but he, you guys are the real deal, you know. And you guys put on a tremendous live show. Um, Thank you. You, know, you guys. You guys really pour yourself into what you do, um, and, and a lot of these bands don't, you know, nowadays. So, obviously, we encourage everybody to come out and see you. 
Um, and like I said, we'll be doing a review here pretty quick for you guys. Uh, 13th, I think, um, right. there in Arizona. Yeah, we're going to bring it. Um, anything you'd like to add to our to our interview? Anything you can think of you want to get out there or, or share with your fans? No, no, I just, you know, I just encourage the people, if they don't have the War Paint record, to go out and get the War Paint record and check out the latest single that we uh, just dropped. was a radio song. We just dropped a new video, and people can check that out. Great it's song. a really good video. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys on the 13th. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, thanks, Josh. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. My pleasure. Great. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Josh. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.